Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To everybody out there, I hope you're having a great day. If after watching this video you find you enjoyed it or you learned something, do me a favor and smash the like button. Now, let's get started. If you ever needed proof that there's such a thing as a crooked, corrupt cop, the story I'm about to tell you will change your mind. The history of the Gilgo Beach murder probe would not be complete without a portrait of the man who botched the investigation and who, in my opinion, may have led to more female escorts being killed. I'm talking about the disgraced ex-Suffolk County Police Chief James Burke. Once you hear his story, you will wonder why he didn't just crawl under a rock and slowly rot into oblivion. The 59-year-old former police chief was picked up this week in a park dedicated to Vietnam veterans in Suffolk County, Long Island, by park rangers. It was 10.15 in the morning, and he was promptly charged with offering a sex act, public lewdness, indecent exposure, and criminal solicitation. Goals, people. Goals for a maniac. This guy must really have an addiction or compulsion to be in a park where people of all ages go to enjoy the greenery in the morning. Shouldn't Burke be working or being productive in some way at that hour? Sadly, this park has been known to be a hot spot for illicit activity and sexual trysts for some time. In fact, that's why plainclothes rangers were there that morning patrolling. They'd received many complaints about people like James Burke soliciting lewd acts there. Not only did Burke proposition this undercover ranger, he allegedly also flashed his pineapple, if you know what I mean. To make matters all the more disgusting, once arrested, Burke tried to leverage his status as the former Suffolk County police chief to get out of the charges. He had the audacity to tell the rangers that his arrest would be a public humiliation. You should have thought of that big guy before you pulled out the pineapple. I mean, really, this stuff really infuriates me. Burke thought he could get off the charges by using his old title, especially when pretty much everyone in Suffolk County knows his name due to his past criminal behaviors. But the park rangers weren't about to let him off the hook, and so Burke was handcuffed and taken to the 6th Precinct for processing. He was released later in the day with a summons to appear in court on September 11th. So he's free to live his best life with his pineapple at least until September 11th. Scary thought. Now you'd think Burke would have learned his lesson years ago. We have to go back to 2012 for this part of the story. That was roughly two years after the bodies of the Gilgo Beach four victims were discovered in burlap bags along Gilgo Beach. Alleged serial killer Rex Yorman is currently charged with three of the four victims' deaths. 2012 was also one year after the other seven victims' bodies along Ocean Parkway in Long Island were discovered, including that of victim Shannon Gilbert. Burke was police chief of Suffolk County from 2012 to 2015, and each of those three years was pure chaos and corruption. Burke's own troubles with the law began from the start of his tenure as police chief. Back on December 14th of 2012, 
26-year-old Christopher Loeb of Smithtown made the mistake of breaking into Burke's unmarked squad SUV. Loeb stole various items from the squad car, including a gun belt, ammunition, porn, and a bag of toys that Burke apparently liked to use when he got jiggy with escorts and others. Yes, Burke was known to have trysts with prostitutes. Makes me wonder if he used his position as police chief to force them into free services. I'm speculating about that. I don't know. Loeb was caught, and when Burke found out about the break-in, he had the young man tied to the floor of the precinct station house. Burke then proceeded to beat the handcuffed Loeb to a pulp. Other police officers witnessed Burke harming Loeb. While Loeb wasn't stupid, he must have told his lawyer about the beating, and it was pretty obvious by looking at his face that he'd been roughed up. Burke subsequently pressured the officers who'd witnessed lie about it and to help him cover up his crime. Loeb ended up exposing Burke as a corrupt police chief, as well as Burke's mentor, the then-district attorney Thomas Spoda, and his deputy anti-corruption prosecutor Christopher McPartland. The aftermath of this crime sent Burke, Spoda, and McPartland to federal prison. It took three years for all this to go down, and Burke resigned in late 2015, just before he was charged with the beating and the cover-up. All of Suffolk County's former police chief played out in court this morning. James Burke pleaded guilty to charges. He assaulted a man and then tried to cover it up. CBS News' Janelle Burrell is live at the federal courthouse in Central Islip. Janelle. Well, Mary, we're accustomed to seeing James Burke in his police chief uniform. Well, today he appeared in court in khaki prison scrubs, withdrawing his uh, not guilty plea, taking this plea deal from prosecutors, admitting to not only beating this prisoner, but then lying to investigators. A tumbling fall from grace from the position of one of the highest ranking police officers, now a federal prisoner. Former Suffolk County Police Chief James Burke pleading guilty, telling the judge today in part, quote, I willfully used unreasonable force, slapped and hit the individual, causing bodily injury. This was the last time we saw Burke in public back in December when FBI agents first arrested him, his attorney then denying the allegations. Today, the 51-year-old now admitting to violating Christopher Loeb's civil rights by beating him and then lying and forcing other officers to do the same to cover it up. Burke repeatedly met with members of the Suffolk County Police Department who had witnessed Burke's assault of Loeb to agree on ways to get their story straight. In 2012, Loeb was arrested for breaking into the ex-chief's unmarked police SUV, admitting to stealing the police chief's duffel bag. Inside that bag were the chief's police belt and ammunition, but Loeb says there was more, insisting he found pornography and sex toys. Investigators say Burke himself showed up at Loeb's home to confront him, and while Loeb was later chained inside the police station house, they say Burke sought revenge, repeatedly beating him. Every time I I asked for a lawyer, I got hit again, I got hit again, I got choked, I got choked, I got punched, I got slapped, I got kicked. Burke now returning back to prison, where he's been held since his arrest. And just a few minutes ago, we heard from the attorney for Christopher Loeb, who says that this, he hopes, is a first step toward reform in the Suffolk County Police Department. Meanwhile, prosecutors are asking the judge for 51 months of sentencing, of prison time for James Burke. That's just over four years in federal prison.
reporting live this noon from Central Ice of Long Island. Janelle Burrell, CBS 2 News. Burke spent 40 months of a 46-month sentence in prison and was released in 2019, and he finished his probation last year. 81-year-old Thomas Spoda and 57-year-old Christopher McPartland are still serving their five-year prison sentences for witness tampering, obstruction of justice, and conspiracy. What a lovely bunch of law enforcement officials. By the way, James Burke had committed other crimes as well, including drug-fueled trysts with ladies of the night and once fleeing from a drunken car wreck. What role models for the kids of Suffolk County? Where Serpico when you need them? For Burke to be having relationships with prostitutes is what you call a conflict of interest. Makes me wonder if he ever got these escort services for free just because he was the police chief. Basically, Burke had zero business working for law enforcement in any capacity. He wasn't even fit to polish police badges. I think he got into law enforcement because when he was a teenager, he served as a star witness in a murder case that Thomas Spoda was prosecuting. Burke and Spoda became friends, and that friendship may also be why Spoda helped Burke become police chief. Note that Christopher Loeb was arrested again in March of 2019, and during that arrest and apprehension, a Suffolk County police dog named Brick brutally attacked Loeb and took a chunk out of his leg. According to Loeb's attorney, the dog left Loeb with permanent injuries, including a damaged ligament that affects his ability to walk. Once again, it appeared that Loeb had been subjected to excessive force by the Suffolk County Police because of his involvement in the scandal that took down Burke, Spoda, and McPartland. But Loeb ended up receiving a $1.5 million settlement from Suffolk County after the dog attack. Let's hope he's living life on the straight and narrow now so that he doesn't end up back in the custody of the Suffolk County Police Department. Back to James Burke. In my mind, his crimes go beyond the ones he was convicted of and the ones he's currently charged with. And I'm not alone. According to former state senator Phil Boyle, instead of launching a full-scale investigation into the Gilgo Beach murders in 2012, when the killer was still out and about, Burke actually hampered the detective's efforts to solve the case. This was likely due to his own well-known involvement in the sex trade. Burke frequently consorted with prostitutes and even was said to have a relationship with one of them. As we know, the majority of the Ocean Parkway victims were working as escorts at the time of their deaths. Shortly after taking over the Suffolk County Police Department in 2012, Burke ended his department's cooperation with the FBI who were assisting with the Gilgo Beach investigation. Many said Burke blocked the FBI from working on the case because of the federal scrutiny of his own misconduct. But Burke had an ally in his blocking of the FBI in Suffolk County District Attorney Thomas Spoda. Spoda supported Burke blocking the FBI as well as blocking investigators from the neighboring police department in Nassau County who should have been involved in the probe as well. Knowing Burke and Spoda allegedly conspired to hamper efforts to solve the case years ago leads me to believe more young women died at the hands of Hewerman 
if he is guilty, than needed to, as long as guys like Rex Heuerman and convicted serial killer John Bitroff were able to fly under the radar and roam free, young female escorts were not safe there. And I do think it's likely Rex Heuerman could have been discovered in the winter of 2010, shortly after the police discovered the remains of the Gilgo Beach four victims. I say that because that's when Dave Schaller, who was a roommate of Amber Costello's, gave the police a description of the person he believed to be her killer. More crucially, he gave a description of the truck that the man was driving. Schaller told the police that the man they were looking for was a towering Frankenstein-like figure with an empty gaze who drove a first generation dark green Chevy Avalanche. Schaller remembers emphasizing the man's hulking size and his unusual pickup truck. Had the police taken Schaller's information and run with it, they maybe could have found Heuerman in 2010. I say that with some confidence because Suffolk County District Attorney Ray Tierney, who inherited the investigation in 2022, has publicly stated that the key to finding Heuerman was Dave Schaller's description of the dark green Chevy Avalanche. It was through Schaller's description of the avalanche that a state investigator in 2022, who was taking a fresh look at the evidence, ran the avalanche through a vehicle records database. The results turned up a hit, a man who had once owned a dark green Chevy avalanche and who lived in a neighborhood that investigators were already honing in on as ground zero for the Gilgo Beach killer. That man was architect Rex Heuerman. The authorities had analyzed cell phone location data and call records and were able to triangulate all of that to Massapequa Park, which is where Heuerman lived. Granted, the authorities did not have the DNA technology that is available now back in 2010, but still. Dave Schaller, while happy when Heuerman was finally arrested, was also angry and confused. He told reporters that he'd met with homicide detectives multiple times during the initial years of the investigation. And during one of their final meetings after Amber and the others went missing, Schaller said he picked the truck's model out of a lineup of photographs of trucks provided by the detectives. Schaller said, quote, gave them the exact description of the truck and the dude. I mean, come on, why didn't they use that? End quote. Yeah, why didn't they? Note that two high-ranking officials who were closely on the Gilgo Beach investigation back in the day and who attended briefings between 2011 and 2013 said they had never heard anything about a witness statement describing the suspect and his Chevy avalanche. Apparently, these two officials spoke to the reporter anonymously because they aren't authorized to disclose information about the investigation. Why wasn't Dave Schaller's description of Heuerman and his vehicle shared with those investigators back in 2011 and 2013? Note that Heuerman bought the dark green first-generation edition Avalanche on Long Island in 2002, and he later transferred ownership of it to his brother Craig in South Carolina in 2012. So perhaps in 2012, Heuerman started getting nervous, knowing that Amber Costello's roommate had seen both him and his truck. 
Maybe Hewerman realized he better get that truck out of Long Island just in case. Sort of like alleged killer Brian Koberger maybe wanted to get his white Hyundai Elantra out of Pullman, Washington, after the police announced they were looking for that type of car in association with the crime. That's me speculating. We don't know that Brian Koberger was determined to get the white Elantra out of Washington State. I mean, if I was him, I would have wanted to do that. It's bad enough that we have these violent serial killers to contend with. When you factor in dirty law enforcement officials like Burke, Spoda, and McPartland, it's easy to see why someone like Mary Gilbert, who was victim Shannon Gilbert's mother, started screaming from the rooftops in 2011 that Shannon had been murdered and did not drown by accident after a drug-fueled mad dash through the marshes on Oak Beach. How could could the victims' families and friends have any faith in the system that was headed by a corrupt DA like Thomas Spoda? This has made me reflect on Shannon Gilbert's death. I do wonder if James Burke knew Shannon Gilbert and maybe her final client, Joseph Brewer, too. The Gilbert family's attorney, John Ray, brought forth a Long Island escort in 2016 who said she'd had an aggressive sexual encounter with James Burke in a house on Oak Beach, near where several of the victims' bodies along Ocean Parkway were found, and this party took place about a year after Shannon Gilbert went missing. The lady who was referred to as Leanne said that she was choked and forced into rough oral sex with Burke in a bathroom during that house party on Oak Beach where alcohol and cocaine were served. Guys, there's no way this video is going to get ads. YouTube will not allow that now. Leanne, who apparently wasn't a prostitute per se at the time, maybe just an escort who went on dates with rich men, said she had sex with Burke, and Burke had trouble getting to the ah uh, moment, if you know what I mean. He ended up calling her a bad whore before getting so aggressive with her that she was crying. Afterward, he threw several crumpled-up $100 bills at her. Leanne said she felt dehumanized, but that she also didn't know she could make that kind of money for 15 minutes of not doing very much. I'm sorry, but I think 15 minutes of that is doing a lot, and I think it's not something I'd want to do with a stranger. I'm talking about this Leanne story because I'm wondering if Shannon Gilbert was afraid of the police in Suffolk County. I mean, she did call 911, then later she refused to wait at one of the neighbors' houses for the police to arrive, and she took off running toward the marshes. Could Burke have been involved in darker parties with escorts, where escorts were maybe done in as part of the sick and twisted fun of these morally corrupt men? It's a question that has to be asked when you're dealing with a guy like James Burke. I'm speculating, but hearing how depraved he is, it's definitely something that seems possible. Thank goodness the current Suffolk County District Attorney Ray Tierney appears to be a straight shooter, and he decided that the Gilgo Beach murders deserved another look, and this time an investigation by a task force made up of multiple law enforcement agencies including the Nassau County Police Department and the FBI. Maybe now that James Burke is once again facing prison time, they'll give him a sentence worthy of all his crimes, including 
what may be his worst offense of all, which is not pursuing the Gilgo Beach killer back in 2012, when it maybe could have saved lives. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, do me a favor, smash that like button, subscribe if you're not yet subscribed, and maybe consider a donation since there's no way an ad is going to be on this video. See you next time.